everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Hi folks, Gary Ebersol here with a quick mea culpa. Camp Codger disappeared from the radio waves, podcast style radio waves that is, for a couple weeks and we didn't tell our loyal listeners we would be gone. It seems that all three codgers, unbeknown to the others, planned extended travel occurring at the same time. Richard and his wife Allison embarked on a five-week tour of the U.S. in their travel trailer, while Randy and Patty headed off to Rome on a long cruise back to the U.S. B and I spent a couple weeks in New England, enjoying family and fall foliage. We did have great plans to somehow cobble together a couple of episodes which we could publish during our grand adventures, but guess what? Didn't happen. Great intentions, poor execution. Anyway, Richard and I have returned from our travels. Randy is somewhere mid-Atlantic, and we're back in the saddle with another Camp Codger podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and thanks for your patience. For those of you who may not already know, there's a new hit show on TV about older people. It's called The Golden Bachelor. This show is the latest in a long series of shows on ABC TV about bachelors or bachelorettes who try to find their soulmates among a cast of suitable single women or men. What makes The Golden Bachelor different is the new bachelor was 71 years old when the show began and he's since had a birthday. And the single women on the show range in age from 60 to 75. So senior dating has literally hit primetime TV. We've invited Hoyt Prysock, the host of a senior dating podcast called Behind the Swipe, to be our guest today and enlighten us on not only the Golden Bachelor TV show, but on senior dating in general. But first, let's check in with Richard, who's on the road in America, and he's going to tell us, how's it going out there? Mr. Richard. Hey, you. Hey, everybody. It's going great. Now I'm in Washington, D.C. in a hotel room, and tomorrow we're going to tour the entire mall in Washington, see all the monuments. Basically, from Santa Fe, New Mexico, we first went to Wyoming and Tetons and then made our way across country into uh, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Upper Michigan. We got frozen out of Upper Michigan by 30 and 40 mile an hour winds as we were camping on Lake Huron. There was a moment when we saw three lakes in 15 minutes. We saw Huron, Michigan, and Superior. So anyway, the weather on Huron drove us south. We went to Ann Arbor, a wonderful university town. And along the way, we've had food that's gone from leave it on the plate to can we get another portion, please? Wonderful food in unusual places, small towns with great food. And the people are almost everywhere incredibly nice. They are polite. They're engaging. They want to know where we're from, what we do, where we're headed, how the trailer is. It's been a delightful trip that way. We're going from here to Charlottesville, Virginia. We're going to see the town. We're going to see the University of Virginia, and we're going to go to Monticello and see Jefferson's uh, world. Then we head west, and we will come back to Santa Fe in about 10 days' time. But it has been glorious. Well, Richard, it sounds like, if I were to summarize your trip, it's great to be a codger (laughs) on the road in America. Thanks for being here on the show, long distance. I appreciate that. 
Our guest today on Camp Codger is Hoyt Prysock, the host of a podcast called Behind the Swipe. Each week, Behind the Swipe takes listeners inside the world of online dating in the second half of life. The show features real, unfiltered stories and perspectives from men and women in their older years as they navigate the often confusing and sometimes thrilling experience of dating in later life. Each week, Hoyt and an expert guest co-host explore topics ranging from long-distance relationships to sex after 60. Because Hoyt is an expert on senior dating, we thought he would be the perfect person to talk to us today about the hit TV show, The Golden Bachelor, and give us some tips about senior dating. Hoyt, welcome to Camp Codger. Randy and Richard, thank you so much for inviting me to your virtual campfire. I, I just feel like a poor <laughs> guest because I forgot to bring the s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll make sure when you come back, remember the s'mores. Deal. One of the things I wanted to ask you off the top here, your bio says you're a serial entrepreneur. And you founded five startup technology companies in the past 40 years. Tell us a little bit about how you got the idea for your podcast, Behind the Swipe. So that's really interesting, Randy. So I had, uh, in the early 2000s, had created a technology platform that automated uh, speed dating. Do you remember the whole speed dating sort of phenomenon? You would get yep. together in a restaurant and there'd be eight people and you'd switch every five minutes. Yep. Well, we put that online. So we created that and launched it as a match.com service back in 2004, 2005. And it ran very successfully for a couple of years. So I've been really fascinated with this whole space of, of, of online dating since then. And then in 2015, I found myself single again after 27 years of, of marriage. And after a couple of years of sort of coasting along on that, I decided, you know what, I'm going to throw myself back into the online dating world. I had a fantastic experience with, with all of that. Across that journey, I came across uh, so many people, single men and women, with stories to tell. And I was just collecting these stories through all of this time. Because I'm in the same, you know, age demographic as, as you guys. I've now got the opportunity to spend a little bit of time surfacing those stories and bringing people's new stories about online dating in the second half of life uh, onto the air. And I'm having a ball with it. That's great. And you and I have an interesting similarity in our backgrounds because I went through something very similar venturing out as a single older guy into the dating world. I love the topic because I've been there, you know, <laughs> I've got great stories to tell, as I'm sure you do. So I thought this would be a, a lively session, and it's certainly starting out that way. This is great. <laughs> there are 26 million Americans over 50 who live alone. 60% of that 26 million are women. One in three boomers is single. So how many of these folks are out there online dating. I have no idea. Are there any numbers that you can bring to this? You know, it's, it's interesting, Richard, because when we started uh, Behind the Swipe, we thought our primary focus should be men and women 45 to 60. That's what we were really thinking. And it's because oftentimes, you know, when one launches their children into the world, 
now you're looking at the relationship that you've had for a long time, and oftentimes it doesn't last. So after right. divorce, which might happen late 40s, early 50s, something like that. But here's the interesting thing. When I look at the listeners that we have, my largest single group of listeners are women between 60 and 70. I can't tell you how many of those are online dating right now, but I can tell you that there's a lot of interest in this, and it's only been fueled by the launch of the Golden Bachelor. Before we talk about the Golden Bachelor specifically, Hoyt, if you had to summarize in one or two points, what's the biggest difference in dating in your 50s, 60s, or 70s versus dating as a younger person? Oh my gosh, Randy, there's really so many of those differences. If I really had to net it down to the couple of things that are fundamentally different, as we've gotten older, I want to say it's wisdom, right? So you, but you. Oh, it's definitely wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely wisdom. You know what you want. You're much more comfortable with who you are. Yeah. So if you're in your 30s or 40s, you're in an achieving kind of mindset. You've got your armor on. And you know, when you get our, our age, you start to let some of that armor go and the real you comes out. And honestly, I think the difference is that there are much richer relationship opportunities for men and women over 60 than there ever have been. And I would argue that it's richer than for those in their 30s and 40s. Let me bring this up. Aren't people in their 50s and 60s or 70s here already a finished item in terms of personality and strong habits and expectations and views of life? Many of them come with set personalities and households of furniture. I mean, the whole accumulation of life. How do you make that match with someone else in the dating world? When you're 25, nobody's got anything. You know, you're just on the way up. You're cooking from scratch when you're young, right? Yes, exactly. But when you're 60, 65, 70, boy, you've already, hopefully, put it all together. You've got your household. You've got your toys. You've got your habits and your expectations. They're really kind of set in stone. So how do you make that meld in a dating world, in a dating situation with others? That's a great question, Richard. Here's what I would say about that. Dating at any age, but particularly in later in, in life, is really a numbers game. The fact that online communities now allow us to reach out to broader numbers your peculiarities are probably going to match somebody else's peculiarities, believe it or not. Oh, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's somebody out there who has my peculiarities. Oh, my God. Good luck to them. Well, maybe they can tolerate your your peculiarities (laughs) anyway. That's better. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's interesting because the whole online or app-driven dating scene it allows us to contact so many more people than we right. would see, quote unquote, out in the wild. I mean, it really does open up everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which the women have to love, right, Hoyt? I mean, don't women lo- love the fact that they don't have to go to a bar to meet somebody? I honestly, I think everybody does. I had just recorded an episode with an author of a fantastic book on on dating called Secrets of Dating After 50. Her name is Karen Hadigan. And she made a point to me that I had not considered before about the difference between 
meeting someone in real life versus meeting someone online. And we were talking about this dynamic of people who meet online will tend to have a relationship for two or three months. It's either a two or three month kind of thing, a one day kind of thing, or forever kind of thing. That's that's really the kind of choices that, that come down as a result. And what she was explaining to me is that, you know, when you meet somebody organically, you don't start dating right away, right? This might be somebody that you play pickleball with and you see them all the time, but you get to know them and you get to know each other for a long period of time before you start dating, where online, the first thing you do is date, right? And so that first two or three months is getting to know each other. And so you, you might get to the end of that and say, look, you're a great gal, but yeah, you're kind of not my gal, you know? Hmm. That's a great one. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I went on match.com and that's where I, I met my wife, Patty. It was right before the era of app-based dating, but I think their principles are still pretty much the same. What I'd like to tell people back then was when you met somebody on match, you got to read a profile and have a little bit of uh, usually kind of email type correspondence. You had five dates worth of information on that person before you ever actually met. That was a tremendous advantage and a real time saver. Do you think that's still true? Oh, it's absolutely true. And what that allows you to do is is to know for yourself what your red flags are, what your hard non-negotiables are in a, in a relationship. Gosh, that might be anything from, you know, religion to politics these days, you know, all, all of these topics, but you know enough about this person to say, "Mm, look on paper, this looks like a a pretty good fit here. Let's go explore that. And that Mm -hmm. was never available for, and you can't get that in a bar, right? No, you're looking across the bar at somebody that, man, she's cute. You know? And when you're 70, you can't even hear what they're saying anyway. (laughs) (laughs) let's uh go back to the topic of the golden bachelor because this show has fascinated me over the years i watched a lot of shows uh you know bachelor shows right i don't know how many seasons they've had of that show of course along the way they had bachelorette shows Mm -hmm. so i know the format inside and out and this golden bachelor idea it just seems so perfect for the time. Is it so obvious to you as well? I mean, it seems to me like, why did ABC TV take so long to do this? Exactly. I was hesitant at first to jump in and, and watch this. Obviously, it's the world that I live in now. So I'm, I'm going to watch it whether I'm hesitant or not. <laughs> but I had never actually seen a full episode of The Bachelor before no, in the, in the course of the 19 years that they've done this. I knew the format, I knew the game, and I thought, okay, I'm a little suspicious of this. They are going to use us older people as comic foils in in the show. I thought they were going to be kind of making fun of these folks. Making fun of the old folks, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, for laughs. You know, I was pleasantly surprised. I really find the show to be inspiring. You know, I, I see a lot of really positive energy. I see a lot of zest for life in these folks. And I'm going to tell you that in mainstream media, they're still looking at, you know, thinking it's Granny Clampett. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
do you think it provides a senior watching it with a good example for those who want to start online dating? Here is a situation that's been put together. One man, a dozen or more women, and he's wandering among them like a, a bull yeah. in a herd. And you wonder if that is not the same as online dating. It's a different animal because it's all set up for him. They have to perform for yeah. him. That's the deal. Is it a fair description of what a reality of dating at an older age is about? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is really fun in games. And the real world does not work like this hmm. at all. Yes, there is pursuit, but it's on both sides right now. Right. The women are now much more comfortable in reaching out to men online than hmm. they ever were. And so it is truly a two-way street. It is an open marketplace and not a semi-scripted game show. I would say that if there's one thing that you can take away mm -hmm. from the people who are dating on the uh, Golden Bachelor and vying for that rose, it's that they are sensitive human beings just like the rest of us. And they want companionship and they want love. And so if it inspires you to maybe think now that maybe there's somebody out there for you. The show has done its job in my book. It's great. Yeah. That would be a great result to remind folks later in life that the possibility of finding someone as a, a relationship partner is still viable. It's not a lost opportunity and you have to live alone for the rest of your life. No, I just wanted to ask, what do you think about older and younger combinations, like a 72-year-old and a 60-year-old. When you're doing online dating, is that one of the things that hits you first? Or are you looking for common interests and not age? Boy, that's a really, really tough question. But let me give you my story. When I was online dating, I was uh, creating another business that was actually dating-related at the time. So I was on these apps. I was about to leave Atlanta to move back to San Francisco. I wasn't dating in Atlanta, but I was on the apps because I had to understand them in order to figure out how to do something better. And this beautiful woman pops up on my page. I said, oh, now that's interesting. I swipe right, which means, yes, I want to contact her. I go into work the next day and this guy I worked for had recently gotten divorced and was living vicariously through my dating life. <laughs> he said, so are you dating anybody? I said, no, man. You know, I'm, I'm leaving in 45 days here. But if I stayed, there is somebody that I'm kind of, oh, he said, show me your picture. He always wanted to see their pictures. Open up my phone and I hold that. And he says, oh, that's Katie DeWeese. I was having dinner with her. At, I mean, having drinks with her at a Christmas party two days ago. And we were talking about online dating. Turns out that conversation is the reason that she got online. Now, let me bring that all back around. Her dating profile had set an age range. If I had been two months older, I would have not been visible to her at all. I would have been outside of that age range. You know, I don't know whether that was just luck or good fortune, but we're married. I don't know, happily so. That is a great story. Wow. Now that more people are aware of older dating, I think that's one thing we all have to agree the Golden Bachelor has delivered to us. 
I don't know how many people are, are watching the show, but I do know the ratings for The Golden Bachelor are higher than the last couple of seasons of, of the regular young version of The Bachelor, <laughs> right? Yeah. So people are interested in this. Do you think that one of the big takeaways is, holy cow, this portion of the population isn't just a bunch of old fogies. They're acting like us. They're going on dates like we are. You know, their conversations are a lot like our conversations. Except probably more authentic. <laughs> yeah, well, right. exactly, right. exactly. Right. I would say, Randy, that's exactly right. What I'm hoping that the show has been able to do is just to be able to say, look, this is possible. So I was speaking with a woman for a podcast just yesterday, and she was talking about how one of the freeing things about dating when you're in your 60s, she's 72, one of the freeing things about that is that you actually, if you find that right person, you get to feel like a teenager again. And there's no <laughs> parents to watch <laughs> after you. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Oh, Who are the adults one. in the room? Oh, wait a minute. It's, it's us. <laughs> It'd be us. <laughs> that is great. That is great. <laughs> Can I return us to something really near the beginning of our discussion? The two of you got divorced in middle age, then went out there online and found a wonderful new world. There are a couple of scenarios here. One is somebody gets divorced. They had kids. They're 50 or 55 years old. They're wounded. They've been wounded by this process. Then you have the other one who's been wounded, really wounded, by the death of a loved spouse. They're 55 or 60 or maybe 65 or 70. How does the individual get back in that game when they've had such wounds and been laid so low? How do you get up and kind of go, hey, I'm here, let's go out? How do you do that? Richard, that's a fantastic question. I'm not a counselor, but I've talked to a, a bunch of folks who do counsel post-divorce and post-widowhood men and women. What they tell me is that there is a period of time that you need to find yourself again, get comfortable in being by yourself, being happy alone. Because if you bring that sadness into the next relationship, right. it's going to taint the, the relationship. So time is really what it, what it takes. Time and intention. Sadly, some people never get past that. Some people will choose to be alone. That's perfectly fine. Some people just don't believe it's possible, again, because they had lost the love of their lives. Right. I will say that if they are feeling inclined, take the time, take it easy, but don't put a big bar on it. You're not looking for your next husband or wife. You're looking to meet new people. So reframe it for yourself as... This is a great way for me to get to meet new people that I might be interested in. Maybe they'll become friends. Maybe they'll become lovers. Who knows? Reframing it for yourself is probably the easiest way to sort of step into the shallow end of the pool when you're post-divorce. That's a great way to put it, Hoyt. Those of us who have been through divorce or the death of a spouse, including Gary on The Golden Bachelor, we need some time to recover and heal and move on from that. I think that the folks at the Golden Bachelor TV show could not have picked a better 
bachelor to represent us. His um, childhood sweetheart, they married right out of high school, died six years ago. It took him that long to get to the mm-hmm. point where he's willing to go on a TV show and in public look for the next love of, of his life. I think that that amount of time differs for everybody, but I think we all have to do that. We all have to go through that. I agree with that. I just don't like it that he's so like tan and buff, you know. He's so perfect. <laughs> it makes me crazy. <laughs> he's raised the bar so high for the rest of us normal people, right? I want my Gary. <laughs> Can I talk about the one potential underbelly of all this? Hoyt, what about scamming? where people misrepresent themselves online and get involved with someone. They are not who they say they are. I have actually heard of a couple of cases. There is a man who was a serial scammer with older women, and he ended up at some point, six or eight dates into the relationship, he would ask, oh, I've got a, a great financial opportunity. Do you have 10000 that you can give me? And I'll invest it. Boom, they're gone. That does happen. It's very rare, though, Richard, but it's fair to do some due diligence on this mm-hmm. person that you're communicating with. Like, look at their LinkedIn profiles, right? They say they own a home in, in Santa Fe. You can do the property searches online. Right. So it's worth doing a little digging into, into that background. You know, and your heart wants to trust. Am I cheating this by being a little suspicious? if you see anything at all, or if it feels too good to be true. If this person is just saying all the right things, their photos are great. They've got a magic way that they string their words together and communicate with you. It could well be too too good to be true. My personal story includes a date with somebody that I met online who flat out told me on date number one, yeah, I Googled you to make sure you were who you said you were. (laughs) And I think that's a good practice. I mean, why not? There's no reason why not. Being smart going into this and making sure you don't get hurt in ways that you don't need to, there are ways to avoid that. Great question, Richard, but I think fortunately, like Hoyt just said, the percentages are really small of people who really get scammed and hurt. Hoyt, if you had a chance to give somebody listening out there to the podcast a little kernel of wisdom about older single people dating, what would you tell them? This is like your elevator opportunity. You got 20 seconds, right? <laughs> oh, put me on the spot here. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you're, you're a famous podcast host. Of course we're going to do that. <laughs> here we are. We're in our 60s and 70s, and we've got an entire book of life behind us, a bunch of experiences, and everybody everybody does. What I would say is that there are many, many people out there that, who are terrific and wonderful people. You'll never know that unless you give it mm. a shot, put yourself out there online, And be willing to be a little bit vulnerable as you are seeking some kind of a relationship out there. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You go out, you get a cup of coffee, you go for a walk. It's not your person. You met somebody new. And you've learned something about yourself. Mm -hmm. At 65 or 70, you've learned something else about yourself. 
that you didn't know before. Go for it. Just do it. That's great. That's great. Hoyt, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom about dating in our golden years. I learned a lot and I'm happily Same. married. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I better say me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've inspired our listeners to form new friendships and perhaps even open the doors to new relationships. Where can listeners find your podcast, Behind the Swipe, and perhaps contact you? Our website is BehindTheSwipe.com, BehindTheSwipe.com. We're on Instagram at Behind the Swipe Podcast, and on Facebook at Behind the Swipe. And our podcast comes out every week. We just did an episode on, on The Golden Bachelor, so that's out there and available on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. And you can listen to it on the website at, at www.behindtheswipe.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We love talking to you. It's been a thrill to be with you guys today. And next time I'm bringing s'mores. Please do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'd also like to say a big thank you to all you campers out there who listen to Camp Codger every week. Please leave us a comment at campcodger.com and let us know what's on your mind. And we'll see you next week here at camp. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com. Post a comment at www.campcodger.com or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.